Welcome back to Life in 10. This is episode 82. Probably uh, once a week. Uh, it's probably once every other week. Uh, we spring for Chinese food at the office. Uh, my CFO and friend of mine and I have this kind of running tradition of texting the other with one word, Chinese, <laughs> with a question mark. And I'm telling you, I have yet to be let down. I mean, every time I eat my sweet and sour pork, it hits the spot. The only bad part about it, though, is that I always want to take a very long nap afterwards, and yet I'm still stuck at work. I mean, Chinese food, it, it just does that to me, and I think it does that to most people I know. It just fills you up and then, uh, you know, sends you to bed. But it is good. No. I can say with confidence that I put zero credence in fortune cookies, but I always read them. They're kind of like fun, and uh, I, I think sometimes it does say something in there that gets you thinking. Um, I did a little research on the fortune cookie because I had always heard that it was actually invented in the United States and literally had no connection to the Chinese culture. Uh, from my research, though, that I mean, it's kind of true, but there, there's some connection. I mean, it turns out uh, a cookie of a similar design was actually developed in the 19th century in Kyoto, Japan. So not China, but uh, it's in that region. And there is a Japanese temple tradition of random fortunes that were released called Omikuju. Not sure if I'm saying that right, but that's what I was reading. Um, so it does look like uh, the origination started there, but the original fortune cookie that we see now was actually developed by a guy named Makoto Hagiwara. Um, and he developed in, in San Francisco back in the early 1900s for his restaurant. So there you go. I mean, some fun history of the fortune cookie. So it kind of has a little uh, history in Japan. Uh, but I guess it was, you know, for, uh, put together um, here in, in the States. So last week, we did get some Chinese food. My re regular tradition is to eat the food first and then open the fortune cookie, read the fortune, and then eat the cookie. And I followed suit that same day. When I read the fortune, though, it did, I mean, it stood out to me. It really got me thinking. And here's what it said said, do not follow where the path may lead. Go where there is no path and leave a trail. Now, I'm going to state the obvious here. Sometimes it's not always clear what direction you need to go. We've talked about it on here before. I mean, you could pray for direction. And sometimes it just feels like you're not really getting a leading any which way. You could talk with somebody that you care about and respect and respect their opinion. And they usually say, um, because I don't think they really know either, you know, just follow your heart on this one. Um, that's a very generic way of saying, I don't want to tell you what direction to go because <laughs> what if I'm wrong? I mean, it's a constant battle on the inside 
when you're faced with new challenges and or new opportunities to try and determine what direction to go. Or if you know that you are stuck in a tough spot, but the path isn't clear how to get out. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all been there before. Maybe you find yourself in a weird spot right now, whether it be it with a job or with a relationship or something completely out of left field. All you're doing is trying to find a good path. For me, I'll just tell you where I am, and maybe you can relate. And I think I've shared it with you before. I've been looking at my life here for the past year or so and saying, there's more. And it's not that I'm ungrateful at all for what I have right now or what's going on in my life. Uh, because I'm, I'm very grateful and I've, I'm enjoying life right now for the most part. But there is still that something on the inside that's just out there on the horizon that I haven't been able to really grasp yet. I don't know what it is. But it is there. And I can tell you that I don't see a clear path to get to whatever that thing is. Sometimes in our lives it feels like, or it's almost like we're lost in the wilderness. We don't have a phone or we don't have a compass. We can't remember how we got to where we were. But here's the thing. We know we are close. It's like you have this gut feeling that you know that if you head a certain direction, you'll find your way to where you want to be. But in which direction do you go? Because the problem is, if you go the wrong direction, then you're moving that much farther away from the right direction. But here's what I'll, I think I always have believed and I think I've hold it true in my own life. And I'll say this. Well, at least you're moving. Seriously, so many people, and I've seen it with my own eyes, because of the fact that they don't know which direction to go, they just set up shop in the woods and say, well, I'm just not going to go anywhere. No, I, I don't. I don't think that's how it works. And I think the fortune has a point. Sometimes you just have to blaze your own trail. Go where there is no path. Move a direction. In the Psalms, David writes, stalwart, or meaning like loyal or reliable, walks in step with God. His path blazed by God. He's happy. If he stumbles, he's not down for long. God has a grip on his hand. I'm encouraging you. Get walking. And he will guide you. Even though sometimes the path isn't so clear. Here's the part that I like the most about the fortune. And it's the very end. It says... And leave a trail. In other words, you are paving the path for someone else who couldn't find their way out. You play a very important role in this life. And I tell you, you're not just here for you. 
Someone around you needs you to pave that path for them. Start walking, my friend. Start moving. And just see what amazing things you'll encounter along the way. Never forget that you are loved and highly valued. Have a great week. Welcome back to Life in 10. This is episode 83. So back in 2016, a professional skydiver by the name of Luke Akins, I think that's how you say his last name, he decided to do just the unthinkable. Uh, <laughs> he jumped out of an airplane without deploying a parachute. So he originally set it up to where he was going to jump without a parachute, but he had to follow certain laws, I guess, uh, <laughs> to skydive. Believe it or not, that's a law that you have to have a parachute on. Uh, but he decided to not deploy it. Um, so he wanted to set a record and become the first person to successfully free fall from the sky and land safely back on Earth. So his team set up a 100-foot by 100-foot net made of polyethylene cord, uh, which is like twice as strong as steel. And this, that was his landing spot. So when you think about the fact that he fell from, I think it was over 25,000 feet in the air, a 100-foot by 100-foot space to land in, really, it's not that big. So his jump, I mean, it had to be timed out just perfect in order for this to work. So needless to say, if he didn't make it back on Earth successfully, then I probably wouldn't be telling you this story. I've always wanted to go skydiving. Now, of course, I mean, I say that now. That could all change when I get up in the actual plane and look down to see how high we really are. Um, I mean, I've been in planes before, but never in one with the door open and with the thought of jumping out. I imagine it would be quite terrifying, but still like exhilarating and blood pumping, you know, just a lot of adrenaline at the same time. <clears throat> I mean, what would it feel like to just free fall? There's literally, I mean, nothing you can do. But fall, it's it's not like you're tripping on the stairs on your way up to the second floor, but you're able to you know grab the railing to catch yourself from falling. There's nothing in the air to grab. You are at the complete mercy of whatever mechanism is attached to you to help you slow down eventually. You ever have you ever had that dream? You know the one where you are falling and then. You wake yourself up before you hit the ground. You know, I, I, it happens to me every once in a while. But I think we typically have kind of like a funny reaction to that where we wake up just, I mean, we're breathing hard. It's like our minds are rushing. Of, you know, what just happened? Because it just seems so real. Then we realize we were just dreaming and hopefully we slowly go back to sleep. Maybe it's just me, but I know that I've, I've personally, I've, I've definitely had that dream a few times. This week I heard a song that I have now been wearing out my Spotify playlist. You ever do this? Like you hear an album or a song that just, it's like it just hits at the right time. 
And so then you just completely overplay it. And almost, I mean, weeks later, you're just tired of it. Can't even listen to it anymore. I tend to do that with all my all the Coldplay albums. Like I'll just always listen to them over and over and over. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't listen to another Coldplay song for like a year. But this song, those two, it's it's taking the perspective of God as if He's talking like directly to us. <clears throat> so in the song called "I Am," that's the name of the title. Uh, it's by a band called Judah. And the lyric literally says, sometimes trusting me looks like a free fall. So God is literally saying, sometimes when you put your faith in me, it feels a lot like (laughs) jumping out of an airplane with no parachute. Now, I know that as soon as I say that, so many of you on the inside are like, "Uh, yeah, sometimes it seems like that. I mean, you could attest to so many moments in your life where you knew that you were completely out of control, even if you wanted to be. You were just out of control. And the only way the situation was going to work out is if God intervened. Here's the thing. I think this is the way he designed it. He wants us to step out of control and step in to fully trusting him. And what a better, like, perfect image of wholly trusting when, than, than jumping out of an airplane. When you have no parachute and there's nothing around to grab onto, and, I mean, certainly the ground will break your fall, but not, not in the way you would hope. It would end you then yes, that's that's complete release of control and showing full trust. <clears throat> now, in Isaiah 26, it even says it like this. It says, depend on God and keep at it because in the Lord God, you have a for sure thing. <clears throat> Sometimes in life, it just seems like we don't necessarily have that for sure thing. It's like the job's not secure. Family's not always secure because you have, you know, issues and problems or whatever it is not a lot just seems for sure but scripture is saying your faith in him that's a for sure thing at least it could be you don't have to wonder if he's going to come through it's more of a question of when now the issue is and i will say it certainly makes sense and i understand it is we all tend to have the backup plan There's always a plan B. He's telling us to trust him, yet we still strap on that parachute. You know, just in case. Again, I get it because we all kind of like that feeling of being somewhat in control. There's a comfort in the feeling that we can still manipulate the situation in our favor if plan A doesn't work out like we thought it would. Now, I read online that if you're parachuting, or I guess not parachuting, if you are uh, jumping out of an airplane, skydiving, you want to pull the ripcord when you're about 5,000 feet from the ground. Now, that's what I read online, so I could be, could be wrong, but that's what it is. We'll just go with that. So you already know what happens. In life, when we start approaching that 5,000-foot mark, 
foot by foot, we get more and more nervous because, you know, we're expecting something that had already happened. We were, we were hoping that God would have come through by now. So we start panicking when nothing has happened yet. And when we get closer, we're like 10 feet away, nine feet away, eight feet away. If that happens, so then we just decide to place matters in our own hands, make a decision, and that usually ends up costing us. Listen, we are creatures inherently designed to trust in something that is greater than ourselves. It's inside all of us, even those who don't even acknowledge God as being real. We have this desire in us. But for whatever reason, every human I know, myself included, is we always want to be in control. We're a bit controlling people. We all desire to have things happen exactly how we would want it to happen. And then when it doesn't, well, then what next? So back to that lyric, sometimes trusting me looks like a free fall. Here's what follows in that same song. Right after that line, it says, but either way, I hope that you jump right in. Now that, my friends, is our mission. That is our calling. People are always wondering what their calling in life is. Well, here it is. Jump right in. Free fall your way through life and release control. Enjoy the view on the way down, but remember it all starts with the jump. You have to be willing to take that first step. Never forget that you are loved and you are highly valued. Have a great week.